0: You don't want to come and skate in our team. Help us out. So what do you say? Where's the race? Devil's Backbone.
1: Devil's Backbone.
2: What is up, world? It's your boy Sway from MTV News, and we are back with a special. Non soccer episode of Knifey, Knifey Lion, Lion Radio. Radio. I know some of you are in shock right now, maybe throwing a fit of rage, but just relax for a minute while I ease you into a magical edition of KLR. But of course, first, I am Jonah. As always, I'm telling you to follow Knifey Lion Radio on Twitter for all the latest news. Scarf pre orders begin in a few days. Folks, they're going to change your life. You'll have to get them while they're hot, and they'll always be hot. I'm joined by a reformed indoor instigator named Zach. Stylin? What's stylin'? Whoa. Nick and Chad are off doing Nick and Chad things. And this many episodes into the podcast, you can probably figure out what those are. Anyways, as you've noticed, after staring at a blank screen from 7 to 9 p.m. Saturday, FCC was off this weekend. They'll rejoin our lives Wednesday... And while this was an eventful week off the field for our newly engaged goalies, I thought it was necessary to honor the legacy of something even more near and dear to Cincinnati's collective hearts. That's right, folks. I'm talking about the 1993 feature film, Airborne. September will be the 25th anniversary, wow, we're old, of this masterpiece. So what better time than now? Really, there is no better time.
1: Yeah, September maybe, but... (laughs) Let's go I don't
2: it. you know there was that just happened to be. I didn't know that. I looked up the IMDB because I was already doing this podcast and how about that? Twenty-five years. And there's also no soccer going on right now. <laughs> um <laughs> definitely don't have the World Cup on in the background. But if you need a little soccer break, something not soccer, something closer to your heart, which is rollerblading, this is the podcast. For it, I hope you haven't already crashed your car with excitement. Airborne, if you're somehow unaware, is a fish-out-of-water story about a California kid spending six months in Cincinnati. The backdrop to all of this, yep, rollerblading. Uh, if you're too young to remember, the early 90s were deep into blading. Early X Games, etc., etc. So for this special episode, we're gonna go through the entire movie using the Wikipedia plot breakdown, our own memories, and lots of audio clips from the movie. What? what? Why, what? you ask? Well, fuck you, Brad Rusin. We're just doing it to pay tribute to one of our favorite films, and one that puts Cincy on the map for the very few people who saw this in theaters well before FCC was even a thought in someone's mind. Zach, my question for you before we get into it. I already know you're a big fan, but can you give me a guesstimate on how many times you think you might have seen Airborne? <laughs> um, My guess would be somewhere
1: between... 25 and 35 times
2: it's a fair number it actually seems low if I'm going to be honest with yeah, you yeah it
1: might be low I mean we used to put it on not we as in me and you but you know my crew back in the day um pretty often to get ourselves amped up put on our <laughs> before a sesh <laughs> our lightning skates and uh go jump some stairs
2: I was just mentioning to someone the other day that every time in a thrift store I do check the sizes on rollerblades just in case I'm ready for the comeback uh, this movie would come on just a random Saturday, seemingly every couple weeks on a TBS or something like that. And it's one of those movies, if it's on, you have to watch the whole thing. So we're going to get through this. Mind you, it's a pretty short movie. Not even 90 minutes, but every minute is perfection. Uh, we'll break down the plot and interject when necessary. So let's kick it off with the Airborne recap, recap. right from the jump. Mitchell Guzman. Our protagonist's main character is a teenager from California who loves to surf and rollerblade. His zoologist parents are given the opportunity for grant work in Australia for six months. Oh, Mitchell's excited. He, Mitchell's eager to accompany his parents f- to the surf-friendly shores of the South Pacific, but...
3: Well, if I'm not going to Australia.
1: Well, that's just it, Mitchell. You see, we've got a surprise for you. Tell him what it is, Kate.
3: You get to go stay with your Uncle Louie and Aunt Irene in Cincinnati. They have a
1: boy just your age, Cousin Wiley. Uh, They've been dying to see you for so long. And it's only for six months. I think it'll be good for you, son. An education, a chance to broaden your horizons, see how other people live. It'll be fun, honey, trust us, you'll see. Look at it
2: as an adventure. Yeah, cut to him landing in uh, Cincinnati, or what's supposed to be Cincinnati, snow covered. He's outside. <laughs> Can't you hear uh, Harrison <laughs>
1: Delbridge screaming, no, Mitchell, no!
2: <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, yeah, shots fired. He has to finish his school year in Cincinnati. My first question's off the jump. Why couldn't he stay with his fam- a family friend in California, where he's lived his whole life, then taking him out of school? in the middle of a school year and his junior or senior year also seems like a poor solution. Zach, did that ever stri- strike you or were you too young to care about the fact that his parents made this horrible decision for him?
1: Um, I mean, when it first came out, I was definitely too young to care. I didn't think about that at all. But then as the years went on and I continued to watch it, I started thinking like, well, there's also school in Australia, <laughs> um, that's another option, stay with no. his parents. Yeah, there's a meringue practice all day. (laughs) There's a lot of different options that they didn't really explore, but
2: (laughs) Yeah, but luckily for our six, he ends up in Cincinnati. Yeah, he arrives in the middle of a winter storm to a blue-collar Midwestern city quickly coming to the realization that this is far from the free-spirited beach atmosphere that he's been accompanied, accustomed to.
0: is this my Mitchell? It can't be. You're just too grown up. Give me a big hug. Big hug. Yes.
3: Welcome
2: to Cincinnati, young fella. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first taste of his uh, <laughs> his uh, aunt and uncle, I guess, who are from another planet, from yeah. his own mother. Yeah,
1: they have the uh, Wisconsin accent, nah, Minnesota w- <laughs> accent, yeah. whatever, in Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, we'll get to that shortly. Uh, but he lets him know from the jump what he's all about. Too many
1: places around
3: here to use that, son. Oh. I don't go anywhere without my stick. It's my American Express card.
2: Without it, I'm naked. Yeah, he's talking about his surfboard, <laughs> in case you didn't know.
1: I think that's when she gives him the, Ooh.
2: Uh, To add to his dissolution, he meets his cousin Wiley, played by a young Seth Green, who at first glance is an awkward teenager and whose parents' lifestyle and demeanor, this is Wikipedia talking, though warm and hospitable, is a bit old-fashioned. Don't let the old lady snow you, man. I mean, this guy's been around the block
0: more than a few times, if you, you know what I mean? You you catch my drift, right? You
1: you picking up what I'm putting down? I'm I'm with you all the way, way,
2: bro. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Yeah, so that's uh, him giving it a tour of his basement room. <laughs> Seth
1: Green, best known for uh, the cha rallies <laughs>
2: commercials. Yeah, whatever happened to him. Uh, yeah, Wiley gives Mitchell a tour of his room and lets him know uh, what all of us party animals already know.
0: You won't be disappointed, man. I mean, Cincinnati's a party town. If anybody can show you a good time here, the Wiley man can
2: no joke uh the creators of this movie i this is me talking seem to think that cincinnati is the same as minnesota wiley's parents have a thick northern accent when in reality cincinnati has more hillbillies than margie's from fargo my question uh why didn't they just pick this in a place that actually plays hockey we can get to that more but obviously cincinnati gave them some kind of tax break or something but uh and Most people around the country probably just assume <laughs> who didn't know any better like I guess that's probably how parents talk in Cincinnati uh, I And mean, was better for Ooh. it. Oh Goal, we're not watching a game. Columbia. Columbia. <laughs> I
1: will say uh, they have been ripping Poland apart um, Really shredding them to pieces, but let's get back to
2: let's finally get a goal anyways So Mitchell right off the jump starts his first day of school at Central High Very original school name by the way and before making it to the classroom Mitchell accidentally bumps into Snake, a short Hispanic student with <laughs> slick-backed hair, who looks closer to 26, than 17. And yeah, uh, he's, he's been held back. <laughs> and Wiley has to give Mitchell the what's what.
0: What the hell is wrong with you? There was Snake, man. Voted most likely to eat his young. I can't believe we're still alive. You better watch your step if you know what's good for you, because he might not be so nice next time, okay? Yeah, okay, cool.
2: Yeah, so just remember that's Snake. When we talk about snake later you're like is that the same snake yeah it's the same yes snake.
1: mitchell the california boy is uh he's not really used to the hispanic gangsters <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah there's no gang members in california so then mitchell and wiley hit up the first class of the day of the day which is speech class
0: morning class good morning mr call this is my cousin mitchell he's from california
2: oh yeah uh already off to a good start and then comes one of my favorite it's a little scene, my favorite scene of the movie. Mitchell first enters the class, throws up the peace sign, giving us our first <laughs> take of a young Jack Black. Peace,
1: oh! oh,
0: yeah. brother. Peace. <laughs> Pleased to meet you, Mr. Goosen. Peace, brother. Peace.
2: I mean, what else do you need? It was either a first or second Jack Black movie ever, and he, he has all his <laughs> a lot of his mannerisms that you'll Appreciate later in life already down. Yeah, he looks about the same. I don't think he's really <laughs> aged. <since laughs> he's just got a little fatter Yeah, uh, yeah and he's got a Hispanic name also as Wikipedia says Mitchell's first day at school is met with the typical fish out of water obstacles as he immediately grows to the disfavor and Jealousy of the gritty hockey players who chastise Mitchell for his easy Maharishi <laughs> philosophy in California appearance uh, immediately he gets a dirty look from jack main antagonist of the movie uh jack is a chiseled handsome lad um but let's get to it
1: yeah can i just say please do jack is definitely more melrose place than he is 90210 he looks about 30 33 or
2: something uh i was curious how old he was apparently jack was 22 during filming he was a grizzled 22 Uh, Jack is wearing, if you've never seen it, he's wearing a sleeveless flannel with a t-shirt underneath. And it is a solid look. My trivia for this section was the classroom scenes were filmed at West High, so, you know, if you or someone you love went to West High, you're more than pete rose you had airborne filmed inside mitchell walks in uh the women are already puddling at the side of mitchell like it's it's disturbing they're ready to jump his bones lots of thick colored sweaters purples and such proto my so-called life wear. one of the girls pushes a book off her desk and when mitchell picks up the book as he walks by she calls him a real live gentleman and glares over at jack who is her boyfriend making Jack even more pissed. <laughs> like, what do you expect him to not pick up the fucking book? Who oh, what a uh, thought. Yeah, Jack looks like he's ready to murder someone. Then everyone introduces themselves in class. It's the middle of winter, I found that strange, but.
0: Molly Ryan's my name. I have a 3.8 GPA. I'm the treasurer of Amnesty International and someday I will be a very successful attorney. We never hear from Snake, Molly again. But don't like speech. I never even signed up for it. And I ain't got no hobbies. Lest you call collecting knives and putting tattoos across the foreheads of guys I don't like hobbies. <laughs> and I have a 1.1 GPA. Ow! Yeah, that's I want to be love slave. Yeah. <laughs> Jose Augusto Rafael de la Parra. Uh, everyone just calls me Augie, yeah, though. Yeah, that's Jack Black. Uh, I, I really like um, to sleep, and I like Nintendo. Okay, well, you all know me. I'm the Wily Man. Ooh. Wily Master. You know me, we talk, we've talked, we've met, we've spoken, we passed each other in the halls. You used to beat me up, uh, but I, I forgive you. Anyway, if you really want to know who Wiley Messner is, who I really am, I'm a hockey man. I live to play hockey, I play hockey to live. Suck <laughs> that, that's, that's all I do. I mean, hockey is my life. I've got on hockey underwear right now. I, I have a hockey toothbrush. My dad drives a Zamboni. He gave me a puck. <laughs> that's my favorite part. What about the uh, new kid, Mr. Colley? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's his turn. Probably him.
2: Okay, man. Yeah, before Mitchell goes, I just want to say that that Seth Green line always struck me. My dad drives a Zamboni. He gave me a puck. (laughs) Who gives this shit? Is that what he said? Like, he gave me a puck? He says he gave me a puck. (laughs) Cyclone's puck. Uh, Yeah, like I said, we'll never hear from Molly Ryan again, but she does get to introduce herself and her GPA. Um, Snake, just really a walking stereotype, unfortunately. But he'll, he'll break the mold soon enough. I also want to shout out whoever yells, who? At Wiley. <laughs> One of my favorite lines in the movie. Um, yeah, that reminds
1: me. Sorry, I know we got a long way to go. Uh, <laughs> it's not that long, we don't worry. <laughs> I, uh, it always stood out for me. I went to Walnut Hills for a little while till they threw me out. Um, <laughs> we used to have a music festival every year, and I remember... All the music teachers and art teachers had a band, and they played. And they were like, "Oh, this is an old uh, Paul McCartney song." And then someone yells, "Who?" In the back. <laughs> i was like, "Oh man, that's hilarious!" <laughs> so
2: airborne. Uh, <laughs> that's what life was like, folks. If you were born in 2008, you wouldn't know. There's twins in the class who are wearing Cyclones jersey. Good Cyclones jerseys before they changed the logo. Because again, Cincinnati is Hockey Town, USA. If you didn't know and then it's time for Mitchell to introduce himself. Mitchell
3: Goosen at your service. Uh, I'm not from around here, what to tell? Well, I don't have any stories, don't know what I want to be when I grow, don't care. Just as long as I live near the beach and don't have to wear a tie. Then I'll be styling. Styling, what, (laughs) what, styling? Let me tell you what styling is, the perfect session A-frame wave, ground swell, spitting out salt water in your face, doing a a little lip action move, a a 360 without a bounce. I call it a liquid Drano wannabe bullwinkle. I tell you no lie, my friends. It's a consciousness razor.
1: (laughs) At this point, the women are literally licking their lips.
2: (laughs) I like the, uh, I mean, move over uh, Al Pacino. Oh, I should mention, speaking of Al Pacino, the woman earlier, if you didn't hear what she said, she said she wanted to be like Al Pacino's love slave, I think. And everyone's just like, woo, that's normal. It's not normal at all, but... Uh, The acting choice that um, Shane McDermott, who plays Mitchell, makes when he says, I tell you no lie. There's no (laughs) way it was written like that on the page. Uh, But he just goes for it in his own weird way. This
1: this next part, I love that the teacher just lets the class get totally out of control.
2: (laughs) Something I found out which blew my mind, the teacher in speech class is also the guy who wrote the screenplay. Oh, no shit. And uh, is the only movie (laughs) he ever wrote. After that sweet, sweet talk, um, Jack gets up for his intro, but he doesn't really introduce himself. He just kind of talks about whatever he wants to talk about. You don't
0: about. really think surfing is a sport, do you? <laughs> it's not.
2: It's not. Mm-mm.
0: It's badminton, man. It's checkers. It's pretty hard. It's getting hard. a suntan. <laughs> a you want to try job. a real sport? <laughs> Why don't you try hockey? Yeah. <laughs> a matter of fact, man. We got a game today against the preps. What, against the, right, against the preps? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We've never beaten the preps. And I'm not graduating in May a loser. We're nobody's doormat. We're going to do it today. We're going to kick the preps' butt. Oh, shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Rosenblatt has
2: a broken nose so and yeah. he's wearing a face mask. It looks like a real piece of work. So. I couldn't put in the audio of Rosenblatt because he doesn't really say anything. He just gets up there and makes a dumb face. Yeah. Rosenblatt, Rosenblatt, Uh Yeah, I but, assume he's
1: taking a puck. He's taking a puck to the nose.
2: <laughs> Not to get like that dude racial on this, but like, <laughs> even the African American women are like so fucking down with hockey. <laughs> like it's crazy. <laughs> Uh, I bet even Molly Ryan and her GPA was like, yeah, the preps! <laughs> Get the preps! Uh, my question for Zach, because uh, we never really learn it, who are the preps? Do you have a theory? I just assume they're from... Since uh, I Christian...
1: No, school. one of the prep <laughs> schools. They could. even be from fucking Walnut Hills is a college
2: prep school, but yeah. They're the Cobra Kai with less backstory, basically. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I think they're just the kids with money. <laughs> These yeah. are the public school kids. Rough and tumble.
2: Yeah, we'll see that in the uh, rollerblade gear. These the end end are everybody. This is
1: DCFC. The preps are FCC.
2: <laughs> All day. Uh, yeah, so we never really truly learn, but uh, Wikipedia says, With an upcoming hockey game against the rival preps, led by the aggressive and arrogant Blaine, we'll get a lot more Blaine later. Wiley and subsequently Mitchell are asked to fill in for two students who are caught putting a laxative into one of their teacher's coffee, in parentheses, never shown in the film. Yeah, there was there was no time for that. But Snake pops up in the hallway, too. Who are we gonna get? The the figure skating squad? Mm -hmm. How about the mixed pairs team? Yeah,
0: I'll play. That's Snake. (laughs) Alright. All right, man, you're in. Cool. <laughs> then
2: then <laughs> Augie tries to do the math. That part's good. <laughs> uh, I think I, I missed that, but uh, yeah, so Snake offers to play hockey because it's Cincinnati, and everyone secretly loves hockey. Uh, he'll end up being pretty good, though. But how are they just now finding out that Snake plays hockey? Clearly, they're in the desperate need for everyone they can get. This is not the first day of school, I'm going to remind you. First day back from winter break, man. And they're seniors. Yeah, so. uh, but they need one more. So our alpha man Jack forces Wiley to play.
0: Willie. Wiley. Whatever.
2: <laughs> you're playing hockey
1: today.
0: Ah, uh, great. Mm, Tuesday, right? No, I, I, can't. I've got a dentist appointment. I was uh, chewing on a cashew and cracked it. I'm supposed to root. You're playing. I no. You know. I, ow!
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're playing. No. <laughs> he does play. Uh I I wonder if they let Seth Green improvise some lines cuz some of them are just they're just too on the nose. But yeah, so they start this game against the preps. It's in an outdoor hockey rink cuz we are fucking hockey crazed an open-air hockey rink I should say it's got a roof there are a lot of people there for this uh, game against the preps and uh, this is when we first meet evil blonde Blaine Because like I said everyone in the 80s and 90s early 90s had to be blonde if they're the, the villain and during the game after a nice hockey scrum we get Blaine delivering what may possibly be my favorite line and yours from the movie.
0: Someone got lucky, huh? You think so, huh, Blaine? Yeah, that was a bunch of low life losers. Yeah, I think so. I just worry about your self-esteem always losing, losing, losing. Yeah, but you sort of get used to it, eh, Blaine? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you want to talk, or you want to play hockey? First one to three wins, Blaine.
2: <laughs> wow, fucking Blaine. What a voice. His pipsqueak friend is played by rollerblading legend Chris Edwards who later in the movie kind of plays his character as if he has some kind of mental disability (laughs) gets a little much Chris Edwards also
1: the forest lasso of rollerblading is he? yeah he was a very very
2: Christian skater I did not realize that Christian rollerbladers just makes sense though <laughs> <laughs> Satan is more on the skateboards if we're It is real. true They're,
1: Yeah, the Arlo Eisenbergs are the standouts The wild child rollerbladers They just pick him because he's
2: obviously Jewish That's pretty messed up <laughs> uh, Yeah, Mitchell's watching from the stands And strikes up a conversation with Nikki, Who will be his love interest in the movie Mitchell explains why he's so anti-violence And explains his peaceful Mindset in this classic monologue.
3: I so. once knew this real badass who was always fighting over waves. Anyone ever came near a wave, he was on. He'd go berserk, Looney Tunes. He'd fight him right there. Didn't matter how big the guy was, he didn't care. Real kicks head...
1: Anyway,
2: with like the bird sound effects. One
3: day he comes across this kid on a boogie board who has the nerve to be on his way. So he says to himself, "Hey, I'm gonna teach this kid a lesson. Scare him." Away so he surfs on over to him only he gets too close and the skags on the board slice into the kid's head there's blood everywhere kid nearly drowned is he all right yeah only he's got this scar on the side of his head well what happened to the surfer he's
2: living in cincinnati Shit. it's mitchell he used to be a badass, I guess, even though he's pretty young. Uh, I must admit, full disclosure, when I was young, I was not sure which person he was talking about. <laughs> I often thought he was the little kid. <laughs> well, like, when strange. he first told the story,
1: I did expect him to show the scar.
2: Yeah. But yeah, so we learn Mitchell's a recovering uh, hard ass, which, is, if you've seen the movie, is pretty hard to believe based on his frailness. Anyways, of course, Wiley gets hurt while playing, and they make Mitchell come into the game. Mitchell inadvertently scores a goal for the preps, cementing his disdain, he scores in the wrong goal, his disdain by the hockey players, and in particular Jack, who proceeds to tackle Mitchell while still on the ice, concussing him and leaving him unconscious for what appears to be hours. I remember um, uh, a snake standing over him and
1: flashing his knife and yelling something in Spanish. Which is <laughs> really playing it up. <laughs> terrifying.
2: Uh, it's obvious Mitchell's never played hockey, so I don't understand. Why they're so mad at him. They forced him to play in the game It's like if you beg someone to play in your co-ed indoor league and they tell you they suck and they're terrible And then they suck you can't like scream at them. and I was gonna say his shot was actually not bad it was just on the wrong goal and uh, Nobody seems to care about concussions back then. it would be a different movie now uh, Mitchell's probably got CTE as we speak Anyways, they go home, and Wiley's parents are pretty stoked to learn that their little boy and their nephew were playing hockey because remember, Cincinnati's Hockey Town, USA. My little one plays hockey? Did
0: you hear that, Louie?
2: I on the hockey players. Hey, hey, Mitchell, did I ever show you my
0: Zamboni Driver of the Year award? Not now, Dad. Okay. Hockey.
2: Remember, we're in Cincinnati. So, over the course of the next few weeks, Mitchell and Wiley are harassed relentlessly with lots of pranks. Zach doing the pranks stand out. Well, yeah. The, the notable one is the toilet paper.
1: There was a toilet paper. They dumped water on all the toilet paper while they're dumping. Um, I think they filled his locker full of sand. That one's pretty good, um, which I would be
2: pretty difficult to pull off. Honestly. Wiley
1: got super glued
2: yes, he to did. the locker by his fingertips. Um, they show him showering alone in the gym showers. The whole school feels really empty <laughs> at all times, but uh, yeah, he's he's showering by himself and uh, they steal his clothes. But yeah, the shitting one, the toilet paper's hanging from these chains by the front of the door, which seemed like it'd be hard to reach when you're shitting. Yeah, and they, they should not
1: have those when I was... When I was in high
2: school. Mm. Well, it's real. Is he walking really weird because he wiped with wet toilet paper or because he didn't wipe at all?
1: When I watched, it, I remember thinking he didn't wipe at all and thinking to myself, I'm going to just wipe with wet toilet paper yeah. and you'll
2: be all right. If that's true and he's walking with shit in his pants, that's pretty weird. So Mitchell's at an all-time low. Um, his aunt thinks he's going to commit suicide, but he's just down.
1: He thinks he has at one point when he's just asleep or taking a nap or something.
2: <laughs> Luckily, his rollerblades show up in the mail.
1: Oh, I nearly forgot.
0: Uh, we got a card from your folks. Your dad came down with poison oak and you got a big package. I put it on your bed. What is
3: it? Something I should have never forgotten. Woo!
2: Yeah, and he cuts fucking close. If you hear the sweet sounds, I should mention the music was done by Stuart Copeland, drummer of the police. And uh and while it is kind of lame, it's a fucking A-plus soundtrack. Faux show! Sure. While he's rollerblading, he runs into Nikki, yes, the Nikki from the hockey game, and they hit up Crone Conservatory. And Mitchell fucking tears it up. Hey! Yeah,
3: that's pass yourself. It's too, too, perfect. too perfect. You're gonna get us kicked out of <laughs> here.
2: Mitchell doesn't give a shit. Zach, what are your memories of the... <laughs> of the Crone Conservatory Yeah, scene? my memories
1: are, man, I'm... I'm going to go skate there sometime. And then I also remember the uh, middle-aged white lady who gives him the come here finger at the end. I'm just like, what a fucking fun ruiner she
2: is. (laughs) I need to talk to you. And then Mitchell, not being a badass, just kind of like starts skating over to her like, okay, I guess I'll talk to you. Um, But yeah, so after that, Nikki and Mitchell make plans for a date after he finishes his sweet sesh at Crown.
3: I had a really good time today. Maybe we could do this again. I know this great restaurant. Good food, lots of people.
2: Oh, lots of people. We
3: can have a good time.
2: I hate when people are a Sounds good to me. How about Friday? Okay.
3: Oh. Um, uh, I was supposed to go out on the town with Wiley, Friday night. Well, bring him along. I don't know if he can find a day in town. I could bring a friend.
2: Nice. Cool.
3: I think I'm starting to like Cincinnati.
2: You don't get aroused every time he says Cincinnati. You better check your pulse.
1: Yeah, at that point he turns his head upside down to look at the conservatory and
2: see that it makes a heart. A truly magical moment. But yeah, her date sounds whack to me. Oh, tons of people at this restaurant. Man, I want elbow room, space to breathe. What, is there gonna be a wait, too? Once Nikki leaves, there is an all-time great, I mean, there's not a lot to pick from, all-time great inline skating montage with Mitchell tearing up the city, uh, including under some bridges in what looks like Covington. And it's got some of the best music you've ever heard.
1: The lead comes in
2: right there. It's, it's just look up the whole thing. It's hard to skip over, but there's not much to say. It's just a freaking badass inline is that, montage.
1: Is that the montage where
2: the kids pump kids, their fists? Yeah, well, they just keep joining him. Yeah, he's like the Forrest Gump run, except with rollerblades and more yeah, kids. Just rollerbladers
1: like, join, skateboarders. There's one guy on a BMX, which he has trouble following, I think, up some of the stairs. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's a fucking badass
2: scene Yeah, and then there's a, this really tall stairwell That Mitchell starts going down And this kid on the BMX up at the top Does like a really noteworthy uh, fist bump at the top Which I can't really describe But just, you know, the scenes on YouTube Go ahead and check it out right now Mitchell and Wiley prepare for date night With Wiley doing an outfit change montage Set to I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred It's one of the most uh, 90s moments The movie filled with 90s moments you are not my cousin oh come on I give up I think
1: in the, the budget for this movie they probably had money for one song license
2: <laughs> and they went with rights at Fred uh, solid choice <laughs> um, but yeah the dates go well enough the double date Wiley's you know really giving it a go and then one of my favorite lines Wiley delivers while they're at the dinner table
0: This place is my favorite, I practically live here, they're going to set me up a cot in the back in case I want to sleep over or something.
3: That's funny, I've never seen you around here before.
0: I come in on Tuesdays. Really? Yeah, I sit in the back with the owner, I come in very late,
2: very late. (laughs) (laughs) What a weird thing to brag about Uh, So everything's going hunky dory Then during the double date With his cousin and Nikki's friend Gloria Blaine, who used to date Nikki Oh shit, appears And physically confronts Mitchell and Nikki Hey gang, you guys don't mind If Walt and I join you, do you? Fuck
3: I understand what you're saying, bro Thanks for the kind words and goodbye Oh shit guys do something
0: why don't you just leave us alone
2: huh you hear that music
0: what do you say we get out of here good idea more it
3: lasts
2: he grabs gloria
0: Ew, what golden brain. Go. Oh,
3: man. Be cool. there's no her. reason to start anything
1: shut up would you i'm dancing with gloria no thank you look just leave her alone all right come on
0: why don't you just back off, huh? Uh, uh, leave her alone, dude. I on. beg your pardon? You heard me, pal. Oh, what did you say, stickhead? You heard me, Blaine. I think I'm gonna have to
2: hurt you. <laughs> oh, wow. right in his chest. Blaine? Blaine? Oh, now it's weird. Uh, there's a lot to say. Honestly, how fucked up is Nikki for having dated a legit psychopath like Blaine? Blaine basically gropes Gloria, tosses Wiley like a ragdoll. Zach, any thoughts on Blaine who does so many things that are even extra more (laughs) inappropriate in today's society?
1: Yeah, I mean, what can you say about it? I'm not (laughs) surprised at Nikki. I don't know what their house is like, Nikki and Jack's, but Jack's got some problems, too. I think it probably stems from their father. Um,
2: (laughs) Blaine was definitely beaten as a child. You know how these things go. Yeah, but Blaine's already like smashed a glass and... um, but luckily, because you know Mitchell's a pacifist, they're only saved when Jack arrives to stand up for Nikki, who, as it turns out, like I said, is also Jack's sister. Whoa, plot twist. Nikki and Jack related. That's not going to go over well. Jack attempts to take uh, Nikki home, but uh, Mitchell says it's all good, but... Jack tries to make Mitchell fight him by making fun of his relationship with Nicky, but Mitchell doesn't fight back and claims that despite all the torture Jack and his friends put on him and Wiley, he will never fight back. Well, I hate to ruin your fun, but I'm not going to fight you, Jack. I'm not. He's afraid,
0: Jack. Yeah. He's not afraid of anything. Because nah. I could give two left testicles
3: about you, your school or your hockey game. I'm out of here in three months. Three months, you think I'm gonna waste my time on you or anyone else? You? You ain't worth it, brah. Brah? No one hears.
1: No one. <sighs>
2: uh, um, that stings yeah, for Nikki there. That really does. Um, <clears throat> though Mitchell's claim stops Jack from attempting to fight him, it greatly disappoints both Nikki and Wiley. Nikki because Mitchell claims that he'll be glad when he goes back home, and Wiley because he thinks Mitchell should have done something. What do hey. you want
3: me to do? I. Fight them all, be a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do something, man. It would have been better than just walking away. You didn't do anything. What anything. would it have solved? Nothing. I know because I used to think it did. What about Nikki? He was a badass, remember? <laughs> you just let her go. Let her go. She walked away from me. <laughs> Besides, you didn't even tell me she was Jack's sister. I didn't know. It doesn't matter, man. Do not know. I, what's the point? I'm out of here in a few months.
2: Well, no one talks to Wiley. He's a fucking loser. He doesn't know anything. Maybe that's true. Um, Gloria did give Wiley a kiss for standing up for her. So, you know, things weren't all bad. I would say I'm team Jack on this one at the moment because Mitchell comes off kind of like a bitch. And honestly, Blaine was looking like a straight rapist. So (laughs) Also, when Jack shows up, Blaine leaves like, this isn't over. And he also like throws a chair against the wall. And there's a, a waitress who's just at the counter just like, continuing to like scrub the counter like lady this fucking place just blew the fuck up he, mitchell pretty much fucked it up with everyone he tries to talk with uh nikki doesn't go nikki so i need to speak to you
3: don't bother okay it doesn't matter you never gave me a chance to explain i know you're leaving in a few months so it's not worth the hassle that's not what i meant yeah Isn't well it? don't bother because you know something you're right it's not worth the hassle
2: Also, what a fucking jam. (laughs) Classic 90s jam. I have no idea what it is, but it just feels like 10 million other songs. All the issues Mitchell's experience culminates with a dream Mitchell wakes to, which convinces him to peacefully confront the situation. you got to listen to your dreams. They're the window into your consciousness or something.
3: The point is, when you got a perfect wave, a perfect anything, you go for it. You don't worry about what the shark has stuffed up his butt. What does that mean? You're going to fight Jack (laughs) and have Gandhi roll over in his grave? I don't think so. Besides, you don't have to fight the shark to fight for the wave.
1: There was a, uh, yeah, I think a talking shark named Peppy in his dream. That's who he's referring to there.
2: Not shown. He just talks about him. (laughs) Luckily, there was not a CGI shark to take this movie, really, to the next level. Uh, So Mitchell's big plan, he decides to proactively join Jack and his ice hockey brethren for a street hockey game against the Preps. It appears Cincinnati fucking loves hockey. Remember that, folks, there's a pickup street hockey game with, like, 75 random people watching. What a world. Nikki's at the game, chilling on the hood of a car, and Mitchell tries to talk to her once more. Can we talk? No. Then what's a good
3: time? After the After game, the game then. After the game.
2: Because he knows he's about to pull off some shit. Uh, they let Mitchell play because they think he'll suck and they can make fun of him. But uh, also, now Mitchell's super good at hockey, bad news. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's all because of the rollerblades. Um, he scores a sweet goal, and afterwards, Blaine, because he just can't handle a goal, uh, tackles him, bloodies up his lip, and everyone tries to get Mitchell to go after him. Come on, Get
0: him, come Come on, man! Get him, man. Come on! Let's go. Come on. punch him, man, We're here. Punch
2: him, man. On, punch me. Let's
0: do it. Come on. Ah, Come on, it, little wimp. Ah, yeah, he wants you man. to punch
2: him. Ah, you think he's going to cry, Blaine? <laughs> Come on. Hit me. Oh, no, because he's got other plans up his sleeves. Uh, he doesn't fight back against Blaine, but he embarrasses him by pulling down his pants. Classic. Blaine is wearing sweatpants, a jock strap, and apparently no underwear exposing his ass. Even the preps are laughing at Blaine. They talk about his skid marks, but really they're yeah, just they that say strap.
1: A, <laughs> they say chunky stain Blaine or uh, <laughs> something like that, but he's this is a bare butt.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, Just because he was pantsed, everyone just has the uh, the courage to like, just go up to his face and talk shit. So then, at home, Snake, Augie, and I only know this because of Wikipedia. I wouldn't have known their names. The Banducci twins and the rest of the hockey team, with the notable exception of Jack, show up at Wiley's house to tell him they're sorry for everything and that they think he's great. All it took for these guys to like Mitchell was for him to d pants blame, and score a goal. That is literally all he did. Scored one goal in a street hockey game. But as we know, that's not the only reason they came.
1: And that was something to skating today, Mitch. Man, you were all right. Man, I never
0: laughed so hard in all my life, man. <laughs> I guess we just figured you all wrong. <laughs> Shoot, man, I'm really sorry. Hey, it's all right. So right. Don't worry, it, man.
2: Yeah? All right, cool, cool, man. cool, man.
0: Hey, man, check it out, man. This is a story. Snake. Been challenged by the preps to a little skating member. race. We're going to settle this thing once and for all. You and I wanted... We... We thought maybe you'd you know want to come and skate in our team, help us out. So what do you say? Where's the race? Uh oh.
2: Devil's Backbone. <laughs>
0: they
2: picked the perfect person to deliver. We'd <laughs> have a better <laughs> chance if you were with us. <laughs> What's Devil's Backbone? <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah it's only the most dangerous hill in the whole town geez the last guy who even tried to walk down that hill he just got so messed up he forgot who he was i saw him he forgot things in his head and his ah. well anyway it's a bunch of hills mitchell it's pretty dangerous stuff didn't want to do this because we're tired of being put down treated like low-life trash losers hey, man we're somebody this is our chance to prove it we can only do it as a team
2: you say, man you in or what yeah he was fucking in but also these guys are kind of the bullies so they're the whole uh their whole theme seems kind of misguided we're tired of getting put down like dude you literally tortured mitchell for at least the month uh but you know that's neither here nor there i guess i'll tell you
1: so devil's backbone i don't want to get too far ahead but it turns out to be a series of random hills around the city and in covington no relation to each other. Yeah, if you actually know the locations, it's kind of wild to see them come down one hill, and then the next thing you know, they're in that parking garage across the river. It'd be fucking badass <laughs> if it was real.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, if you haven't seen the Devil's Backbone race scene, why are you listening? Watch it right now. Um, pull it up on YouTube. It's perfect. Shouts to whoever did the sound design, because that is also magical. It's agreed upon that the first team, with three members crossing the line between the preps and I don't, the non-preps, will be deemed the winner for all the glory, but the rules are, according to Blaine, there are no rules. Before I get to some of my favorite parts, let me give you some of that fucking sick sound design. One of those was a dude flying through a fucking barn fence.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Flying through a barn fence, they're skidding off the road, flying off cliffs, you don't know what's going on.
2: Um, You know, some of the main takeaways from the race are that Snake is fucking amazing. He's in first place basically the entire time with this serene look on his face. He's he's the real uh, meditation Maharishi. Great moment, Um, everyone's sliding under a semi truck, causing accidents. One guy gets hit by a car. They never check up on him <laughs> uh, I, I did notice in rewatching it A few times they make no effort to hide the stunt doubles There's one scene where they're trying to pull Mitchell Ahead the two twins for the Cyclones jerseys And boy these stunt doubles look Nothing like the twins <laughs> And they're definitely not twins But it didn't take me out of the moment uh, The Zach, twins kind yeah, of look
1: ahead. like a uh, Grassy era Drake <laughs> yeah.
2: The stunt doubles look like Jack basically <laughs> Um <laughs> What are some places, uh, there's a couple obvious ones I noticed, but are there any places on Devil's Backbone that you were able to, that you can pick out? I haven't rewatched it, so I can't even remember. The obvious one, and uh, if you were to pick a hill in uh, Cincinnati proper, Ravine in Clifton, they go down that.
1: Yeah, Ravine, shout out to myself, I used to ride my bike up Ravine every single day after work.
2: The steep one. One continuous shot, They they go all the way down Ravine, and then they cut right. And I think they do use the the turn in the movie. I'm pretty sure.
1: Onto a central
2: there? I think so, I'm not positive. And then they cross um, a famous walkway towards, towards where now Jack Casino is.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's over 71 there
2: and uh, they head towards Old Riverfront Stadium. Snake is in the lead with two preps. I should mention the preps have the solid gear because they're the preps. New, nice windbreakers, fancy uh, glasses to keep the bugs out of their face. Yeah,
1: doesn't Snake, I remember, didn't he look like an old-timey pilot? (laughs) <laughs> am I thinking of uh,
2: Wiley? Uh, he kind of Snake does kind of have uh, piloty gl- goggles compared to uh, the preps, but yeah, Wiley's wearing a leather helmet and uh, pilot goggles. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's I'm, what I'm thinking. I'm sorry, what his uh, his pops had lying around. He's wearing a Superman shirt. It looks just like an all-around idiot. Anyways, an aggressive and athletic Snake reaches the finish line first for Mitchell's team, but two preps finish swiftly. Or swiftly follows suit. I should mention Blaine is going head to head with Jack, of course, the two big, uh, alphas. But Mitchell's catching up, Blaine knocks over Jack, and then he's right next to Mitchell, and instead of, uh, just going for the win, Blaine decides to barrel into Mitchell, but poorly times his attack, and instead lands in the Ohio River. <laughs> Whoops! Uh, so Blaine probably died. <laughs> it's not easy to swim in the Ohio River. <laughs> And, Not with uh, skates on. Yeah, man. and it's fall weather, so there's a good chance Blaine is dead, and they just skip over that. That leaves Jack and Mitchell in clear sight of the finish line. Oh, oh. Sorry, Uh-oh. World Cup's still going on. Lewandowski blew it. Poland almost had chance. They approach in tandem, victory to the cheers of their awaiting schoolmates and kisses of respective love interests. This is like a big song. Mitchell has finally earned the respect of Jack and his friends, and he's lifted onto the shoulders of a cheering crowd as the movie ends. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> That's the end. Um, so we're left with a few questions. Uh, I'll post them to you. Zach, did Blaine die? Um, <laughs> yeah, I
1: think so. You'd have to go in after him pretty soon, and no one was going to
2: do that. There's also a shitload of people for this pickup downhill race. Again, not only are they hockey crazy, they're downhill uh, inline crazy. <laughs> do Nikki and Mitchell stay together? I mean, I think if they did an Airborne 2, In real life, I don't think this would happen, but I think Mitchell would
1: relocate, and that would be the story.
2: Um, A good fan fiction would be Airborne 2, fucking Jack comes to California. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be wild. (laughs) And uh, has to learn how to surf, and shows him how to fucking get it done, Midwest style, all while wearing a sleeveless flannel. God, you're due to rewatch it now. If you're not hyped, I don't know what to tell you. Let's talk about a little bit of trivia in the movie. Britney Powell, who plays the wholesome strawberry blonde with bangs, Nikki, would go on to appear nude in several later films. <laughs> Shane McDermott. Patty, that's a tip for you. Go ahead and check those out. <laughs> Patty Barrett. Give that a like on Twitter, according to whoever said that. Shane McDermott, who played Mitchell Goosen, would go on to become a realtor in Galveston, Texas, and did not appear in another film. And Like I said, or like I will say, once you've made the Citizen Kane of rollerblading movies, where do you go from there? There's only down. Uh, And while researching that, I learned via TMZ he was arrested in 2017 for a drunk altercation in a Texas bar. That doesn't sound like Mitchell Goosen. That sounds like all oh, Shane McDermott. So now you know he really was method acting.
1: But you know he's pretty stoked that his
2: arrest made it to TMZ. <laughs> I was like, me, me, Little well, Shane. Hell Shane yeah. also, I mean, there shouldn't be any doubt. Has a thick, thick head of hair. Zach, let's talk just briefly about your roller your rollerblading history and what rollerblading meant to you in the nineties. <laughs> How important was it? Um, yeah, I did a lot of it, and a little Sawyer s- Point.
1: Little Sawyer Point, um, a lot around the neighborhood. Um, There was actually a kid... Grind plates. Yeah, grind plates for sure. Saw the break off. Rollerblade Lightnings, Lightning TRS. Those were the go-to skates. Um, Yeah, there was a kid whose dad worked on the construction on the movie, so he actually had some of the ramps from the movie in his backyard. Wow. And I had friends who skated on them, and I was never able to. Say what you want about rollerblading, but if you were in the early 90s... I don't care. You had to do it. <laughs>
2: oh. Yeah, and if you weren't, you were the loser at the time. Yeah, there were some... The early X Games was a great period. Like we mentioned before, Arlo Eisenberg, another rollerblading hero. Are there any other non-Arlo Chris Edwards rollerbladers that you can remember? Because I'm having a... I'm drawing a blank.
1: <laughs> no, I can't. I can't think of any. But
2: but they were household names for a little bit, like Downhill, Loser, Biker Sherlock. Biker Sherlock,
1: yeah. Um. Joan actually named his second son after Arlo Eisenberg. <laughs> um... <laughs> I mean everyone knows the BMX guys from there, but definitely Chris Edwards and Arlo Eisenberg from rollerblading.
2: I get why uh rollerblading is lame. But uh yeah, that's pretty fun. L- less thinking, you know, you could just get on and kind of fucking glide around. No shame. I mean there's lots of shame, but there's no shame.
1: Yeah, and I can see how you know everyone got shamed out of aggressive inlining, but I do think it's a little weird that as an exercise tool, that's gone by the wayside also. If you go to the bike trail, you don't really see many spandexed women rollerblading anymore maybe in south beach or something maybe but really not much yeah being pulled by a dog or something like that
2: (laughs) but yeah so this was the jumping off spot for a lot of uh okay two well-known actors jack black and seth green making star turns and jack ends up being if you look up the guy who played jack he's in a lot of other movies and a few of these faces you just you see later on in films
1: yeah well i think the two known actors and actresses were wiley's parents and I don't know their names (laughs) they did look familiar you've seen that before that mom has definitely been in something
2: yeah playing a mom yeah Um, you know we're getting towards the end here as someone mentioned it's in the pantheon of movies filmed in Cincinnati some other classic ones I'm not going to count as many of the new ones because now there's a lot of straight to DVD ones but at the time you had your Rain Man Little Man Tate Milk Money Traffic uh, recently Carol and Ides of March with George Clooney Uh, Little Man Tate Milk Money and Airborne those are the trifecta of cincinnati movies in my mind when i think of them that was like from a time period where i guess cincinnati was really just like trying to get in the game and those 90s movies uh <clears throat> milk money little man tate and airborne they just have a certain uh je ne sais quoi
1: yeah and milk money especially i remember i was in junior high or maybe i was in freshman high school i had a lot of friends got to be extras in milk money yeah the rest of them traffic i don't you know eyes of march too it's like yeah it's cool to see locations but it just wasn't the same um, one story about the Gotti movie with, uh, John Travolta, they were filming that at Junkers in North side, which is kind of a dingy shithole bar. Um, and I lived at the time, which was last year directly across the street from it. So they're out there filming and there's all these like seventies cabs in the street and stuff like that. People are lining the streets, trying to get a glimpse of John Travolta. I'm standing up in my apartment window, just peeking out see what's going on. And there's some guy out there. He starts yelling at me, like, can I get on your roof? I'm like, what? He's like, can I get on your roof? Um, so I think he's getting up there to get a better look, take a picture, whatever. Um, so I give him the finger and yell at him to go fuck himself. Um, <laughs> turns out he was there to check on my roof.
2: <laughs> it's unrelated to the movie. It's completely unrelated. <laughs> um so my bad <laughs> hey man if you're listening and I know you are <laughs> no, no harm no foul right buddy uh, but yeah so this should go without saying but if you haven't seen Airborne and you listen to this podcast like what the fuck dude you can find it I think there's some bootleg ones on YouTube right now give it a watch it's worth all your time take a break from the the bore fest that is this world cup you know this world
1: cup is amazing though and you know how if any of you soccer players you watch you watch a world cup and then you want to go kick the ball around with your friends you put on airborne you get (laughs) fucking amped to go put on your rollerblades and go skate that's what me and my friends used to always do we'd put this movie on and then we're like let's
2: fucking go if any of you guys listeners want to start a rollerblading club unironically you know we'll have power and safety and numbers so, you know, one or two of us will probably get jumps, but like, if we can get up to like a baker's dozen, <laughs> but he's pretty, pretty solid crew and, uh, we could find used ones too. So let's just, let's just, I'm throwing it out there. Okay. The KLR Rollerblade crew. Let's get it started. You know, let's sweat together in those boots. Cause we know those things will fucking stank in the summer. Zach, any final thoughts on airborne?
1: Um, I think no, it's said a fucking it classic. I have a good friend, Sonia lives in California. That was like our movie. Cause like, you know, Cincinnati and... <laughs> California.
2: Um, yeah I fucking love it Yeah World Cup It's going good Entertaining We'll have another podcast We got a game Wednesday And I'm a game Saturday So we'll have a double Nick can give his Greatest World Cup moment Of all time again And I'm sure it'll be From this World Cup Because he'll be confused So shout out to that uh yeah louisville tied so fuck yeah we're in pl- first place forever louisville never airborne whenever rise to uh, go fal-cal, exactly. fal-cal. Last, last i
1: read he was in jail falcal yeah i better google that really? i don't want to spread falsehoods but i think
2: <laughs> well he's clearly not in jail <laughs> he just scored a goal uh, rafa marquez yeah, yeah he's indicted for some for uh, money laundering for like cartels or some shit. But you know, he's out for now, so he's able to set some World Cup records. But yeah, Falcao just worked for Columbia. Two two nothing, so now you know when we're recording this. Cats out of the bag. Rise Rise together.